we're back. Hello, hello. Oh, God, we haven't gone this long without recording in two years. Yeah, so you know we're serious. You know some shit went down. Yeah. We wouldn't just do that shit. We wouldn't <laughs> just, we not just, like, we be getting tired, but it was a, it was a good reason. Yeah, it was a very good reason. It was a good reason. Mm-hmm. We will share as much as we are comfortable with, mm-hmm. but like it was, it's crazy because we kind of spoke about it like last time. Usually, when something happens to one of us, the other one is like strong enough to be able to be like, "All right, girl, I got you. We can get through this." But it was honestly a perfect storm of the most bullshit of things happening mm-hmm. to everyone, you know, especially Sabria, and it's just. It was fucked up. Like, I literally had a cyber stalker while yeah. we were away. That was so weird. No, it was like scary. That like, is scary. you know, at first it was it was weird, but then it got scary. Like it yeah. got to be, you know, police reports involved. It got to be someone creating a fake dating profile of me and constantly messaging me from different numbers. And I for the first time in my life, like my phone vibrated and my heart started racing. Yeah. It's like so scary, you know, that somebody had a control over you somebody you don't and you don't know who it is if it's somebody in your life or mm-hmm. what it's also um was scary because the cops really can't do much for you yeah like me talking like honestly nothing was nothing was i, I didn't feel like my safety was that threatened i was just being harassed but to hear somebody tell me like well they haven't done anything to you yet so i we can't really do anything i'm like oh great well when you find my head rolling around fairmount park just replay this message you know because i fucking told you this nigga's after me yeah and like that's just nothing telling me what type of car i drive who i'm with like what and I'm like, you, and I told the lady, I said, well, you know what? If my family decides to handle this the way they want to, you just, you just say this, you, you replay this to yourself. Mm-hmm. Have a good day. Because all they know how to do is kill unarmed black people, not Hello. Uh, how to like actually do their jobs to Hello. serve and protect. Elliot and, and you know, and Stable, Stabler, is it? Yeah. They gave me such an unrealistic expectation <laughs> about police. Yeah. Because they really serve and protect. Yeah. The most from the most heinous crimes, <laughs> and I really, really, really thought that they was somebody was gonna be on my. Well, first of all, the 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 cop who showed up made it like he was gonna protect me, which is creepy. I think he just was interested in me as an individual, and then yeah. the, the rest of his team ain't had that same energy. I'm like, this thing is one to hit. I thought he was really trying to protect, serve, and protect. Yeah, he was <laughs> protect his. Never mind. <laughs> So, yeah, that was why I was unable to talk. Because this is fucking spooky. Yeah. Um, Me, um, I literally had a nervous breakdown. Yeah. I was like, what What can you say? It happens. Um, But this time, because I've had, ever since I was a kid, like, I've had nervous breakdowns. But, like, you know how mental health is and, like, black community, people are just like, oh, like, when I was a kid and I had, like, a nervous breakdown, it was like, Oh, you're just being dramatic. You're just saying a third, blah, blah, blah. Then I had one, like, a um, few years ago, um, but I didn't get any help with it. I just um, per- I just uh, was seeking, as Lana Del Rey would say, seeking safety in other people. I just hopped from one person to the next person to the next person, not really addressing why I was so upset about something that happened. 
Um, I just was like going from person to person to person. And then also I was um, on these new antidepressants that really made me not care about anything. So, um, and I've been on, on antidepressants for a very long time. And um, after a while, sometimes they stop working. Um, and recently, the ones I was, first I was on Zoloft, then I was on Selexa. And Selexa just stopped working for me. So I've been kind of having like a rough year um, because my medicine stopped working. I haven't been really going to therapy. Um, I haven't been working out like I'm used to. Um, and I had gained a little bit of weight back that I lost last year. And I've been working so much. And um, I have uh, this year I went towards someone and something that was a trigger for me. Um, and I didn't realize that it was um, a trigger. And I was um, just like kind of obsessed with the situation that was not for me. And I was trying to make it for me. And in the process, um, it just wasn't it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. So that hurt a lot because um, it had reminded me of something that happened to me um, in the past. Um, and along with that, I had seen somebody who, um, who uh, I, I hate saying like assaulter. Who but was like, responsible. Yeah, somebody that was responsible for something that triggered me. Um, mm-hmm. And I hate saying like the like sexual assaulter, but like, you know, that's what it was. I saw this person and that triggered me and that made me feel a certain type of way because that's something, again, that I never addressed. So all of these things were happening and I had been upset about something in June um, with this person that I was going towards that was, like, kind of triggering me. And then I was like, oh, like, you know, I'm being dramatic. Let me. And I was still trying and trying and trying because um, I was like, you know, that's not fair. Like, you need to be mature about some things. But sometimes, like. Follow your gut. Yeah. You can't help. Like, some things. I mean, some people might seem it as see it as silly or whatever. But, like, you know, some things trigger you. And some people are just not, you know, for you. as, And it hurts. Like, some people are not for you as a friend or, like, as a relationship. And, like, I never wanted to face this truth. And hindsight is also twenty twenty. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, I ended up admitting myself into um, a behavioral hospital, like a psych ward or whatever, um, I admitted myself. I was in there for five days. Usually they suggest you go for a week. Um, but since I admitted myself, I had like 72 hours to like sign myself out and plus I had a vacation coming up. Um, so I left a little bit earlier, but if I didn't have the vacation, I definitely probably, I would have stayed for a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very hard for me because I'm somebody that I don't like letting people down. And I was thinking about work and I was just like, I have to go, like I have to help like my job. Like I don't want to let them down, but I was literally a wreck. Like I knew it was really bad because I was like talking to one of the sales associates, my job. And I just was like crying on the sales floor and I just was, like, a mess, and I couldn't eat, and, like, I was losing my appetite, and, like... You just didn't look like yourself either. That's yeah. when I was like, okay, you know what? It's, it's definitely time to take, you know... Yeah, I didn't feel like myself at all. Like, I just felt like an out-of-body experience, and, like, my... I was, like, so sad. Like, that's why it's, like, like mental illness, like, 
is really a disease like depression and like bipolar and all that stuff like mood disorders are such a disease because my body I was physically ill like I was physically ill my body was like aching it was hurting Mm -hmm. so the first night I was in the hospital I felt like I was like I'm glad that I admitted myself like I was like I slept finally and like I was like getting hopeful for like things to come um they gave me new medicine um and I started feeling a bit better um but I'm glad that I did it and like I got to meet people who were like younger than me and my age and like all the people that were younger than me I made it a point to tell them that like I was very proud of them that they that they you know admitted themselves so young because I it's something that I wish I had did because I had like a few years ago when I had a nervous breakdown I had wanted to admit myself in a hospital but um like my parents were like, you know, you don't want to do that and blah, blah, blah. So that's why this time was really hard because it was me. Like I had to decide, even though I had called Iman, um, she like gave me the push to say, you know, you should go. Um, and I went and I'm glad that I went. And now I'm going to start going to therapy, hopefully some group therapies. I feel like that should be happy. I mean, helpful for me um, because I really this time I want to do. I want to have healthy coping mechanisms. Like, I can't, like, of course, like, I'm going to joke here and there about, like, mm-hmm. mental illness and stuff like that. But I just, I, the way my body felt, the how much pain I was in, because I was so sad and there was just nothing that anybody could do. It was so scary. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like I didn't want to be here anymore. And that's why I was like, I need to go somewhere because the, the thoughts and the stuff that I'm doing to myself, I was hurting myself. And I just was like, I need to go because this, this is not, you know, good. So I really want to have healthy coping mechanisms. And I'm realizing that sometimes I'm really trying to manifest that, you know, sometimes the best decision is not the easiest decision. Well, most of the time. The yeah, best most decision of the time. Is not, it's not the easiest. It's not the funnest. Yeah. Because I've like I've I've realized that I think that I'm doing hard I'm making hard decisions, but I'm really not because I'm not that uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, and I also have to, like, focus on the things that because, like, for me, um, I I feel like there are times that I do have high self-esteem. And there's sometimes that I just compare myself to some people and I just get so lost. And I need to focus on the things that I'm good at, get better at things that I feel like I can improve um, you know, maybe spit. I know it's like so corny people say, but like spend less time on social media because like I'm somebody that excuse me, I'm an only child. So like I grew up on social media and TV and TV like that's yeah. like everything that I've had. And like even though I want to write for TV and film and stuff, I have to be very conscious of the things that I um Consuming. consume. Yeah, I have to be very conscious of the things that I consume and I definitely have to do a lot of mental work um before I get into certain things and I need to look for validation from myself and not was, look for other mm-hmm. people because that was a big problem. I was like for months I have wanted the validation of somebody and they just would not give it to me and it just made me feel so crazy. Um, but I need to, you know, be free of that. And, um, I am, like I said, I'm starting to get help. I mean, and I went on vacation, which was like, it was so great for me. Um, I got to, uh, spend time with one of my closest friends, Tamara. I got to meet, um, 
like people that I've been friends with um, from online. Shout out to Rex, even though you bully us. Yeah, um, like, come on. You are amazing. Um, but yeah, I like I had such fun on vacation and like being in Disney. It was just like because I love Disney. And I like need to, and like me. When I go through stuff, like, mentally, I always retract to stuff that made me happy in my childhood. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's good for me. Um, it's also, and it's a, I feel like it's a healthy distraction in a way, yeah. too. Because um, sometimes you need, like, healthy um, distractions. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I had a great time. Vacation, I'm going to get back to my vegan Instagram. I need to get back in the gym. I need to clean my room. It's just so much stuff that I need to do. To folk and that that takes your focus off of other people as well, though. Exactly. Definitely. So exactly. Y'all see, like we weren't doing nothing. No, <laughs> we weren't kicked back having fun. <laughs> we yeah. were doing some work. Yeah, and like I had my phone taken away from me, so yeah, it was nothing that you know. It was very frustrating it. because the phone that you were calling me on was like it was like I hate landlines, and it it was like back to landlines. I haven't my my grandma's the only person I talk to on a landline phone, and her landline phone is trash. Yeah, so it's like it was just kind of like um. <laughs> It was just weird. It took, I feel like by you kind of taking yourself off of social media, it made me want to go off a little bit because yeah. I'm like, I don't want to feel enticed to say something or reveal what's going on. And it also feels unnatural to act happy. So I'm like, uh, you know what? I, I'm on a diet too. So I went off and I've been feeling, I've been feeling a lot better. Like we're going to talk about that later. Like what to do in moments where you are, you feel like there's nothing going on in your life and how to use that as an opportunity to heal, like how to leverage that moment of nothingness. Like exactly. And like also like just because I went to the hospital doesn't mean like, and I'm on medicine doesn't mean I'm 100% healed because you know, some days I do wake up and I feel like, Ooh, like, you know, because the, I had to remove somebody in my life that I really enjoyed. And it's like, um, even though, yeah. And it's like kind of, you know, hard, um, but it's like, I'm excited. It's like, I'm filled with like, sometimes I'm like, you know, sad, but then I'm excited by like what will happen in the future for like my career and like, you know, finding out new stuff about myself. Um, so yeah, it's just us every day. It's a work in process. Right. Definitely. Definitely. And I appreciate you for sharing it. Cause it's not even easy always like letting people in even as, but I feel like that's who we are. We just feel better and more helpful for sharing mm-hmm. because like suppose you heard that before this you may have been able to feel a little bit better and less guilty about like you know taking that step so i hope that if anyone's listening and they feel like they need some help don't hesitate to get help no matter what the people in your life are saying mm-hmm. because guess what if they really had a choice between you going to the hospital versus you doing something that could harm yourself i think they would always choose the first mm-hmm. so um yes and you know what? Let's let's lighten the show up. Let's go into Fade Four. So you know it's October. It's spooky, spooky, spooky season, <laughs> spooky season. So what we're gonna do is talk about four, like four things that were supposed <laughs> to be scary, but they were actually hilarious to us. <laughs> so, um, well, I don't know if this like technically. Scary. I mean, it's from a scary movie, but one of my favorite. I probably already talked about this is in the Orphan when. Uh, the mother was like, I'm not your mommy, bitch. And I'm not like, your fucking mother. Yeah, that, yeah, she, like, <laughs> kicked her down. I thought that was so 
funny because I didn't like the tone of that movie did not expect that line no it really didn't <laughs> you know another thing that I think was funny in that movie that wasn't supposed to be when uh, she broke her own arm and she's like daddy oh yeah <laughs> daddy I'm like yo this bitch is acting crazy <laughs> Um, another one is... I'm going to call her a bitch. I keep forgetting that she's not an actual 30-year-old woman. It's a child. She's a dude. <laughs> I'm going to take that back. She played that role, though. Yeah. Um, another funny moment is when Kelly Rowland was standing up to Freddie Cougar. Yo, I thought about that moment, and that's when I was... Remember when I asked you the question, can we also take a movie moments that make us angry? That made me so angry. I'm like, why did she do that? Like, calm the hell down. That was I was, that was Kelly Rowland. I'm for the culture. I'm not doing that. Neither did I. For the culture, I'm not sacrificing myself. She was Scott. She was free, and like her death <laughs> didn't make any difference to the to the line of the movie. You fucking made it to the end, killed yourself for no reason. And everybody still did. <laughs> <laughs> Sacrifice yourself for nothing. It's not like I am legend when he sacrificed himself for humanity. Yeah, like you did it for a white bitch who who still got it. Dumb. Like wow. So dumb. Um, another one. This is my favorite, favorite, favorite. And Baba Duke, when the little boy was screaming in the back of the car, and his mom was like, "Why can't you be normal?" He was like, "Ah!" Like, he, he was, was going. Ha- he was like Donnie from the Wild Thornberrys. Like, he was crazy. going ham. That little boy was because I obviously he I've seen the, work. I've seen the movie before multiple times, but I was watching it recently, and I just was like, "Yo, he really was tormenting her." He was. <laughs> I, see, I pray to God if I have a child, he not like that because he going somewhere else. I'm sorry. He was I'm not, so annoying. I'm a mom, but I'm a person first. <laughs> he would not let like, her live. Also, like how he pushed his cousin off of the um, out of the treehouse. That's why nobody wants to be bothered with him. That's ex. what she said. That's what the girl said. <laughs> no, first she said that's why nobody like. She was mean though. She was like, "You don't have a dad. That's why nobody likes you." And he was like, "I have a dad," and she said something, and he pushed her out of. <laughs> All right, I forgot she was talking big shit like yeah, that. She, she deserved to go big, out there, big shit, because that was kind of mean. Yeah, I appreciate it. Sister Rilla was like, just go, stay here with the kids. <laughs> that God. movie was, that movie was just crazy. I, yo, that little boy stressed me. I was watching Baba Duke waiting for him not to be the monster. <laughs> I'm he like, was, he's absolutely the monster. He was so Baba Duke really wasn't that bad compared to the little <laughs> Honestly. boy. Honestly. <laughs> Also, every time I think about Baba Duke, I think about that one girl who showed up to a uh, Halloween party dressed like Baba Duke, but everybody else was like grown and chill, and she was just sitting there in the corner dressed Smaller. like Baba Duke. That's literally me. Yeah, that really is you. <laughs> That's you at like a kid's Halloween party. That really is. Okay, so my final one, the most iconic, is when Tony Collette said, "I am your mother." Yeah, hereditary. <laughs> oh, my favorite in hereditary is when the the dad was like, "Enough," and she was like. Fine. <laughs> fine. <laughs> she see, I wouldn't say fine, but I can tell by her amazing acting that it took everything fucking in her to just say I'm moving on. Yeah. For the sake of my marriage. <laughs> Not for you little twat. But he died at the end. <laughs> she said, fine. All right. So my 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 moments are non-iconic. They're just funny to me. <laughs> I'm going to put that out there right now. First one being in the the movie uh, The Hills Have Eyes. You like, loved it. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. I don't know. That's one of my favorite screen movies. But um, when Bobby was hiding behind the car <laughs> after his entire family just got murdered, um, his brother-in-law, he was like crouched. <laughs> his brother-in-law goes, hey, Bobby. He's like, Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Yo, because when you know, you know what's that real scary habit? Everything scare you? He said, hey, Bobby. He said, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> and I don't know why me and my cousin thought that was so funny. Hey, Bobby. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Yes. What do you want? Like, that is so funny. Um, also, because I was watching Candyman the other day, um, when, you know, when uh, the white woman decides to go to the projects looking for Candyman, mm-hmm. and then the gang come in and be like, I heard you looking for Candyman, bitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he knocked her across her face. And if that's not funny enough, when they were doing the lineup, it's all these black men coming up. They like say the line, and one's like, "I heard you looking for Candyman, bitch." Another one's like, "I heard you looking for Candyman, bitch." <laughs> and then it's like her eyes swollen shut. I'm like, "Damn!" They really knocked her across her her shit. Mind like, your fucking business. Yo, this whole movie is about gent- Candyman. Was about gentrification. Period. That's what it was about. It was about minding your business. The only reason why she wanted to find out about Candyman is so that she can have the best paper and impress all the other white people in her uh, class. Well, she didn't care. <laughs> she didn't care about what was affecting the hood. She really didn't. She did. Also, um, this is like from a true crime podcast I was listening to the other day. I was in my office, and it's not funny because like obviously somebody got murdered, but how the woman, one woman. One host, the the podcast is called True Crime Pod, True, True Crime Couple. Okay, they were telling a story about this woman being attacked, and the one host was like, "That's when so and so was knocked across her head." <laughs> no, he said she got knocked upside her head, and I was in my office laughing so hard. And my boss was like, "Hey, it was so funny," and I'm like, "I can't tell you that I'm laughing because someone just said another person got knocked upside." Their head. I just feel like in crime shows they call it like blunt force trauma or something yeah. like that. But she called it. She said she got knocked upside her head. <laughs> Have said she experienced blood force trauma. Yeah, she like that's what they usually say, but she just was talking. Um, <laughs> finally, when uh, Chucky attacked Andy's mom for the first time, because she was really like, "Nah, this is just a doll." But the first time he attacked that woman, he went ham. He did go ham on her. He went nuts. He went nuts on her. And she was, that's the mom from Seventh Heaven. I forget her name, but she. Oh, she is the mom from Seventh Heaven. That's the first thing I noticed, that she was the mom from Seventh Heaven. But she, she, she went ham. Oh, shit. That's her. Yeah. So, those are. What our, did he say to her again when he said this? He's just like, you fucking bitch. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> like crazy. <laughs> Yo, Chucky, his temper was insane. He went from zero to one. His rage. She was like <laughs> about to throw him in a fire or something. He's like, you fucking bitch. You can just mind your business. Like something like, yo, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Not stand. <laughs> All right. Um. Okay. Absolutely about to take a turn into a very, very, very serious note. So, you know, right now is just not a good time to be a black person. I actually can't think of a time in this country when it was that I really, really think about it. But, you know, unfortunately, we're living in a time where not like not only are black men on the streets and black women on the streets getting shot Mm -hmm. for being black, but now in the comfort of their own home, Mm -hmm. they're getting shot. And to me, that looks like things are escalating. Um, And it's a very scary time. Like, Things are becoming closer and closer to home. Because even though Tra- the Trayvon Martin situation wasn't from a cop or, you know, the Eric Garner, like all those situations were black men, I felt like for some reason 
I needed to protect my little brothers and I needed to protect my cousins and like my friends. But, you know, after the Sandra Bland and all these other incidents, it's becoming clear that it really doesn't care if you're a black man or a black woman. Mm-hmm. It doesn't care if you're young or old. It doesn't care. It doesn't. It doesn't matter if you're on the street or in the comfort of your own home, because there are people here that are coming into your home and they're killing you. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, another victim joins the list. And that woman is Atatiana Jefferson. And I just we just want to offer our prayers because we don't want to we can't talk about stuff like this. There's nothing to say there's nothing to discuss this is a fucking crime you know this woman was shot in front of her eight-year-old nephew she spent the whole night playing video games with him she heard somebody in her house she went to get her gun and before she could pick it up she was shot dead how does a wellness check turn up with the person being worse in a worse state than what they were before the police came so we just want to give prayers to her family because this is like I can't imagine if this happened to one of my loved ones. Like, yeah, what? And please don't do don't call the cops on people who are, you know, if you think they're in danger or something like that. I thought for one one time when I lived in my old apartment, there was a song playing for twelve hours. Oh yeah, I remember. You like I, I, you know, I went to I used to work overnight, so when I left uh, the at nighttime, I heard this song playing like a DVD chorus, and I was like, okay, what the fuck? When I came home from work the next day, I still heard it, and I'm like, it's an elderly person in that apartment. What if they passed out, or what if they did something? Like mm-hmm. that's unreal to have the same song playing for that amount of time. I didn't go to police. I went down to the front desk and I was like, listen, I I think her her relative lives in this building. Like, could you like let them know there's a million things you could do to show you care without calling the police because we know how they feel about us. Mm -hmm. And like this situation paired with my stalker situation and just the lack of care. I will handle anything myself before I call the cops. Yeah. If I call the cops, it's because somebody got a gun and I'm not equipped to handle it. Mm -hmm. But anything else, like I'm going to try to do my best to handle it myself. Mm -hmm. But just sending big prayers to the family, like you said. Just try your best, like, to think of other ways. Call call a support group or something like a government organization. Any organization, nonprofits, before you call the cops. Yeah. Because they're they, they not for us. Nope. All right, so now it's time to move on into tea time. So, guys, JT and Sabrina got let out the <laughs> same day. Yes, we free. Free her. <laughs> I'm so happy that JT is home. I'm so happy. I love her so much. And I'm just ready for the city girls to just be on top. And also, like, how talkative she is. I'm like, yes, now Carisha can stop staring in one spot. Like, Yeah, and she, give Carisha a break. Yeah, because she did so much socializing this year. That's not she her She's probably so tired. She, I mean, on top of being pregnant, that, that, That's yeah, that girl a break. Yeah. That girl did her best to hold it down <laughs> really while JT was here. But JT came out and she was saying how, uh, you know, I was locked up with so many women who were in prison because they kept it real with men and those men did not keep it real with them. I want you all to know that whatever you do, don't let a man influence you in the moment of love. If he loved you, he wouldn't put you in this situation, period. So it's like, damn, sis come out and she's really trying to not hide this experience. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there's a lot of like women who got locked up, like little Kim. I really didn't hear like little, maybe I didn't hear it. They could have said it. Maybe I didn't hear it. I don't feel like Remy Ma. Mm-hmm. I don't maybe Remy Ma did actually talk maybe. about her experiences. But like Martha Stewart, like I don't feel like they really like talked about that time. I feel like they put it behind them, which yeah. maybe jealous something people want to put behind them. 
But I like that JT is like, no, nah, I remember these women. Like, that's a part of me. Their stories are part mm-hmm. of me. And th- that was an opportunity for, like, other women who were arrested before to say, like, facts. Some men don't care about you. Only want you, um, what you can do for him. Um, and then another woman said, witness the same stories from women I was in jail with. Lady took a charge um, for her nigga, and he was transported to court. Um, she said, why that man uh, pretty much ratted her out. Then somebody was saying the same thing happened to them. Like, I was arrested for something, and then that same guy, like, snitched. Or, And I'm like, yo, the amount of women who are behind bars right now because of niggas, that... That is just, I haven't thought about it before, mm-hmm. but I can, everybody want to be that Bonnie to a half-ass clot. Yeah, and I see it on, you know, that show for, I don't know if you watch it, For My Man, it come on TV One. No. My mom watch it. No, I don't watch it. That, But, I but it's like, a show, the fact that it's a show dedicated to women getting doing crimes for, the, literally for their man. Hell no. It's a show. Hell no. Ugh, speed round of this bullshit. So while JT got out of jail, Stacey Dash went in jail. Okay, so she was arrested for um, alleged domestic abuse. And I'm sorry, this is old news for you guys, but obviously we didn't get a chance to talk about it because we weren't in the studio. Mm -hmm. So we just had to talk about it because it's so funny that she, who was clearly not a white woman, but named herself as white white when uh, when she was arrested. Something is just, it's just something going on. And I love that she said, like normal married couples, my husband and I had a marital dispute that escalated. Thank you for your support and love. Please give him the same. <laughs> like, I love that she thinks that getting arrested, your husband pressing <laughs> charges on you it's is normal. normal. And I just love that she tries so hard to stray away from black just to be as this ghetto. Like, not to say that black and, <laughs> black and ghetto are, like, synonymous. But no. But I'm like, you are so afraid of blackness or of being seem, seemingly ghetto. However, you and your niggas is getting knuck and buck. And, That's and a mess. That is a big old mess. And I heard his daughter has something to do with it. Like, what is happening? These type of disputes, th- that is real. Something, I don't know what happened to her. Like, she cracked. It's like after she did the video with Kanye West, it's like she cracked. Woo child. Stacey Dash is a nutcase. Moving on. This is the last piece of semi-white news that we'll share in a very (laughs) long time, we promise. So Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, they are suing the tabloids, okay? I love that. They're suing the tabloids because Prince Harry is tired. He is so tired of I them love, I talking love. about his uh, wife like that. But to be honest with you, like, I really had no feelings about Meghan Markle, but I feel like she seems like a really sweet woman. You She's, know, I don't hear, I, I don't even remember how she sounds. I don't know. I don't. All I see is her smiling. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I see her, this girl is smiling on a charity event, smiling at a social event, smiling, doing just doing good work. So I'm like, what is there to even say about her? But I'm telling you, that, like what I have seen from like the British tablets, they are really, really dragging her, going in on her, dragging her. And like Prince Harry said in the letter he penned to like discuss on why he's doing this, it was like. Like, they bothered her all nine months of her pregnancy. They did. All nine months of her pregnancy. And we all know why. Because they don't do it to Kate. They don't do it to the other one. We all know why. And he was saying, she's half black. 
Yep. And like the thing is, I would have never known that woman was half black, but they they know when somebody isn't all white and they they really just can't stand it. And they drill into them. <sighs> Prince Harry said, I've seen what happens when someone I love is commoditized to the point that they are no longer treated or seen as a real person. I lost my mother and now I wa- and now I watch my wife fall in victim to the same powerful forces. We thank you to the public for your continued support. It's hugely appreciated. Although it may not seem like it, we really need it. Like, just kind of humanizing themselves. And I like that he said that about his mom because the the paparazzi literally did kill her. Really? And that's something that I remember even from when I was a kid. It's just mm-hmm. like, and the fact that there aren't any, like, strict laws to protect these people against the paparazzi, like, in this day and age is, like, ridiculous to me. And the fact that that's something that he still thinks about, like, the fact that he's in the spotlight, it has to be, that could be a trigger for him, too. Yeah. Like, it's one, yeah, your mother's death, I can guarantee you that's that's a big old trigger. Exactly, and, like, the, just, he's still in the spotlight, and, like, he's probably, like, I just feel like he's like, you know what, enough is enough, because they are doing it to his wife exactly and i like that he is not putting her in a position to just accept that you know Mm -hmm. like because a lot of people can be like oh well that comes with it it's like no it really don't you don't just get to say whatever you want and do whatever you want to somebody just because i hate that when people don't treat like um like celebrities like they're human yeah and it's like listen you decided to buy in. You decided to buy in and, and consume all the things that make them rich. Don't get mad at them now for wanting to be a human being. They never said my trade-off for being rich and famous was that I, I would be and a human. A lot of stuff that they tell us about celebrities, I don't even care about. I don't care to know. No. A lot of it. A real lot of it. Oh, child. Yeah, I hope they sue the fucking pants because I can't explain. I can't, <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine what the royal coins look like for lawyers. That's Please. scary. That's spooky. Speaking of spooky, okay, so T.I. <laughs> says that Iggy Azalea is pretty much what fucked up his career, okay? <laughs> Isn't that insane? That's so insane, especially because he was, like, on her ass when she first came out. And, like, people were saying, like, T.I., why are you supporting a white woman in rap? And he was like, well, y'all shut the fuck up. Mind y'all business. <laughs> yeah, like... You wasn't saying shit when she was saying, Keith Sarah, how you love that? Got the whole world. <laughs> like, how the fuck is she now? He called her a blunder. Literally a stain on his legacy. Ah! Like, what the fuck? Come on now. He's So he sat down with The Root. And he says he's looking for a female artist. I'm still actively looking for another Put female rapper rest. who can undo the blunder of Iggy Azalea. That is the tarnished of my legacy as far Put as being a music executive concerned. To me, this is like when Michael Jordan went to play in baseball. But like, okay, we all know that we we are not Iggy Azalea fans. That's just it. We are not fans of her music. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about this woman as a person outside of she sounds weird when she raps, right? But to say that one person who holds a really outstanding record has tarnished your reputation <laughs> when you like, are a felon and who you cheats not, on his wife? And you're not. It's like you hear, again, men never take an accountability. Never take an accountability. Like, I'm honestly, if, even if y'all didn't work out, I don't think she tarnished your legacy. If anything, that little hit that came out under you 
it helped you and her. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the, the extent of your relationship. And honestly, I forgot that he was in charge of Iggy Azalea. I remember because I was like, look at this fucking Uncle Tom. And didn't and that's your he, bank say something about yeah, him? Yeah, and that's when he said, mind y'all fucking business. And we did. <laughs> and Sorry. now you met. And I be laughed out loud in this bike. Eric, uh, speaker's probably was like, damn. Eric, may I have some water? Damn, Eric, you ain't getting us no water this time. Just because we took a little break. Oh, thank you, Papa. Hide the case of water don't help me downstairs. Oh. <laughs> I need the water next to me. Thank you, Papa. <laughs> He's showing off because he got a new haircut. Like He got a new cut. Okay, Killmonger. <laughs> he got a new cut, a new color, a new style. <laughs> All right, so Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman, and look, like I'm tired. Listen, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. They did one thing right by making it a non-white person. <laughs> they did, but I'm just so tired of like mixed cool girl, mixed cool girl with her individuals in the beats. I'm tired. just like I'm tired of like say people. I'm tired. I'm, I'll be honest with y'all. I'm really tired of like say people. I'm tired taking all the iconic roles, but look. I do love Zoe Kravis. I do, and I, I think do. she's great I, in Big Little Lies. And I think she's a beautiful person, but... Same. I guess, what is the Catwoman energy y'all were going for? Because the Catwoman, I remember, <laughs> was like, sassy, slick with the tongue. <laughs> she was like a little sneaky. And like, I just feel like Zoe Kravis and is going like to bring And like, big this. boobs. It, Child, anyway. I, I wanted it to be Tiana Taylor, but when I found out that Robert Pattinson was the Batman... Like... The co- DC, First of all, DC what? is self DC is such a sa- self sabotaging company. I just don't understand what they don't understand about superheroes. Like, just uh, uh, uh. they just be <laughs> so damn thirsty to cast like a, a white man. Thank you so much, Robert Patterson. I've always said this, and I'll say it now that he looks like he smells like cheese. <laughs> well, I I used to have a crush on him. Never I me. still could possibly be interested in him if he said something to me and if he sh- took a shower beforehand. But a hefty shower, hot water. Yeah, I feel like if I... But hot water, I don't know. The cheese might melt. <laughs> Ew. Which reminds me, um, Come on. it was a market in um, <laughs> the valley that they sold vegan artisan cheese. Like, they had vegan brie cheese. This is madness, love. Love that. Um, I, I was going to get it behind the house. I was going to hold up on a plane. <laughs> Feel like your ass a cheesy bitch on a plane. Dude, it's a bitch that smell like Gouda on a plane. They did have vegan Gouda. <laughs> no, remember on that episode of That's So Raven when there she got cheese stuck in the vent and she had to eat it out? Me. It was like, <laughs> it was like a smelly cheese. I feel like that's how he smelled. Mm-hmm. The way you envision it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think so myself, but like, you know. Anyway, I just feel like I, all the casting is wrong. Like, come on now. First of all, that first of all, that's a sickly ass Catwoman and Batman mix. First of all, um, can y'all come up with something else? DC, <laughs> DC, like I love Batman. I love Gotham. I have Batman comic book. I have a Batman cape. Like. I fucking love. Oh I, shit! Not I, the I cape. Got, yeah, I got the cape and I got the Joker and Batman. I, no, I got two Joker figurines. Why would you say you got a cape like that? Really, is what Silta do? Like, does that mean you a fucking fan? When you got the cape, so no. I have um, 
But y'all need to stop with just making Batman movies. Like, DC has other characters yeah. to explore. Even though I want to see that new Joker movie so bad. I, I know. Do. I know I I'm going to laugh so hard. I, I want to see it tomorrow, actually. Um, What's the name of... I can never say... Joaquin it. Phoenix. I always back Joe Quant. Phoenix. Joaquin. He was like making a video the other day about how he's been vegan since he was three years old. Oh yeah, he's a he fucking loves his like he's making, the one making people seem stupid for eating meat. Like when yeah. I just I loved his answers. They were like, "Well, why are you vegan?" He's like, "I mean, I just don't see a reason why anybody would wonder why I would never want to cause harm. Like I don't understand why you're asking me that." I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> I love that." <laughs> I want to see that movie so bad. I keep on thinking about it. Me too. I definitely want to see it. Can you see it tomorrow now? I don't know if I can see it tomorrow because I'm going to be, first of all, I'm going to be a sleepy ass bitch tomorrow. True. I got a trip, a training, and I got to wake up at 5 a.m. to run. Oh, yeah, true. Wednesdays and Thursdays, my ass be worn out. I'm so thirsty to see that movie. I'm thirsty to see it too because my mom keep trying like uh the thing is i know also i'm gonna laugh at some stuff in the movie my mom but iman i can't tell you nothing but it, it oh it oh, is so it? good yeah she saw that in gemini man What's i'm like hell? why are you seeing shit before me she's like every time she comes to the movie she but i'm not gonna tell you but it is really good what she said hell? will smith acted his ass off <laughs> What the hell? And what's his name? Joe. Joe. Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. She's a oh, Joaquin Phoenix. He acted his ass off in that movie. I'm gonna oh, see that so yes. Bad. But like anyway, like Zoe sell down Donna. Is she gonna look great in a costume? Absolutely. You mean Zoe Kravitz? Zoe Kravitz. What the fuck? Another <laughs> another light skin. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> Zoe Kravitz is going to look phenomenal in a costume in the red look. Like let's get that straight. If they even let her have that, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck they do. No, they're gonna have her in the fucking nude lip. How much you wanna bet? Like it's Catwoman. She better tune into that inner sass and that inner like that inner cat and really really be crazy. And also, kid. you realize her stepdaddy is um, the mermaid man. Oh yeah, so that's cool. Two family Aquaman. members. I said mermaid man. <laughs> Two family members in the DC family. Mm-hmm. DC universe. That's awesome. Killing it. That's awesome. Kick it, killing Lisa it. Lisa Bonet just come in. No. Be the Joker. <laughs> I'm like, yo, are y'all trying to bore us to death? Because that last Justice League movie, you know, I had more action going on between me and the person I was with than the movie. <laughs> Damn. I don't eat. Did I see that movie? First, don't waste your time. No, I don't think I saw it. We was in that movie theater about to get it in. And, and I'm like, yo, this might. movie. Sorry. <laughs> it was just awesome. But I'm like, so I'm mad because I love DC so much. Because DC sucks to me. And DC has so much potential, though. Like, my the best. I'm sorry, I'm laughing because I said it sucks and you really got us. <laughs> the best, like oh. me and Tamara were just talking about this, the best Batman ever is the Batman, the animated series. Oh, uh, I thought you were going to say Christian Bale. No, the Batman animated series is the best. I can't even keep up with all the people that played Batman. Did Jake Gyllenhaal ever do it? But no. The best Batman. Ben Affleck It was ben, ben Affleck. The best Batman, though, is the one Tim Burton did. Um, and it's the one... Batman and Robin, and um, I think Tim Burton did Why they too. keep doing this, though? Why they keep making different Batmans and Spider-Mans? I have no idea. Now, I, I really feel like that that Spider-Man that was in the middle, Andrew Garfield, delete that. All we needed was Tobey Maguire and a new kid that I really love. Yeah, Andrew Garfield, I feel like he just was not What was he doing? What Spider-Man. demographic was that supposed to reach? Because I feel like... Young Toby, white teens. The Tobey Maguire guy, like... 
Toby Toby Maguire shut it down, and he was the original. So like he was. he was our introduction. But like the young kid, I forgot his name, but he makes sense because that's who Peter he's Parker. Very young. That's who Peter yeah. Parker is, and he's not as serious. Like with Toby Maguire, we got Uncle Ben's death. That was really for me as a kid. That really made me cry in the movie theaters. I think that was really one of, yeah. It was Uncle Ben, and also it was low key Peter fault. Like. <laughs> Like, I can't remember what I happened. Was it was like, 100% his fault. Then he had to go him. home to Aunt May. Like, damn, I'm the reason why your husband is fucking gone. That was wild. Because all because he let a crook go. Aww. Yeah. So, anyway, um, shouts to that. Now it's time for a quick breakups <laughs> and break-ins because we are moving behind. <laughs> Surprise, we're back and late. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, Safari and Erica Mina are married, which I didn't know, but they are. Mm-hmm. And we might have even reported that, but I, it was just so forgettable that I didn't remember. It's just so bizarre to me. And it's just so, like, it's so hard for me to see that anything is genuine, especially when, like, people's development comes from TV. So, it's just, like, it's just very hard for me to even. I feel like I want to say, oh, my God. So, I I just hope she has a healthy, happy yep, pregnancy. Period. That's all I can exactly. say. Exactly. Um, but I feel like a lot of things have gone too far. A lot of things have gone too far, but I also feel like this would have happened with these type of people, regardless of if they were on reality TV or not, because they're the type of people who are con- they're seeking the things that they are told they're supposed to have, not the connections that they should be having. So I'm like, granted that they did meet on a reality show, these type of people exist in our lives where they just get married and have kids very quickly because it's still a good thing, right? Because we're married and Mm -hmm. we're having kids, right? And Mm -hmm. I'm like, sure, do what the fuck you want, but just know that you're bringing another person into your bullshit now. Mm -hmm. So you got to be, you got to tighten up a bit. Mm Oh, excuse me. Um, Also, Travis Scott and Kylie have broken up. That's wild to me. I know. I feel like they're going to get back together. Yeah, same. They just seem like the type that will get back together. But, um, yeah, there were some rumors going around saying that Travis Scott was cheating on this one girl. And he was just like, enough with the rumors. Like, you know, me and my family just trying to focus. Anyway. But I'm like, this is what your dumbass get. Apparently, somebody reported that they, they've done this before. Like, they've broken up, and then they've gotten back together. But they haven't been seen out since, like, August. And I know this all because of this article I just read. But, like, for me, that's really awkward. Like, how you... To just... I just... I'm not big on the breaking up and getting back together yeah, Also, thing. like, his energy, like, just seeing him around her, he looked like a dark... Not even saying because he's black, but he looks like a dark cloud. Damn. Like, he always have his head down. Shit. I feel like that's the aesthetic, but he's just a weird person. Also, I think that, um, you know, not to, not to delete their child, because once a child is around, like, you should not be talking about the, it not being around anymore, because now it's a human being. But this is really important for why we wait to have kids, right? Because if you wait for, until you one or two years in, you might be able to see you're not my life partner, mm-hmm. you know? But people just be like, you know what? Let me bust it wide open real quick, <laughs> and then we'll figure the rest out later. And I'm like, okay, cool. And not, yeah. Like, sometimes I worry that that'll be me. Like, I'll make an accidental oops, and then I haven't recorded saying shit like this, and then somebody could just play it back. I'm saying right now, if you play it back to me, I'm not going to care, because I'm like, I know. I know. I knew this before I told you. And True. I've, I've already told myself the same thing. So and just. That- just let and me, that what's that? That's the fact. Just let me nest in peace. Um, what's speaking that? of nesting in peace, Amber Rose is free from that big ass baby inside <laughs> of her. Yo, she be carrying some big old babies. 
big old babies. Like, cause you know, everybody pregnancy is different. Some people can carry a baby. Like, I feel like Carisha is carrying pretty small right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, but when is she having her baby? She said this the last Sunday. Her being pregnant last Sunday. Oh yeah, she did. I so that must mean that she's about to drop. Now, Amber Rose, I know for damn well I'm gonna carry a baby just like her. Huge. That baby was taking her away. So, ready for the baby's name? It's a cool rock star name, I know. Slash Electric Alexander Edwards. Mood. Does I was, she love Slash? I like Slash, but I don't like Electric. Slash electric. Not, yeah, like I felt like Slash Alexander Edwards would have been cool. That is cool. But why the electric? Why did that need to be added? Because Slash plays the. But that, yeah, Slash is a cool ass name. It is. I love that name. I'm not even going, like, this is the Slash Electric. Slash, when you add the electric, it's less cool. But Slash Alexander is like, damn, that boy's cool. He's cool. Sebastian's going to be such a cool big brother. Such a cool big brother. I love him already. Yes. Like, ugh. I love you. Slash and Sebastian. Slash and Bash. (laughs) Time to slash and Bash. Oh, my God. I can't wait for them to have a band. Sebastian on the vocals. Slash on the guitar. Oh, that's cool. Slash and (laughs) Bash. Oh yeah, they they had to think about that for a long time. I love uh. that. Uh, <laughs> obsessed with it. Finally, this is so fucking funny to me. There was a rumor going around that Skepta and Adele <laughs> are dating, and so you can speak to it. I've been obsessed with this news. Yeah, you have. It it's tickles so weird me. To me. It tickles me. Not because like there's <laughs> anything wrong with like Skepta or Adele, right? I think they're both attractive people separately. But together they make a terrible couple. They make a weird looking couple. And I also think it's funny because like um I've been like I've I've always was like, oh my God, Skepta, like uh goals. I would like love to date him. And I'm like, nah, he don't like he wouldn't like nobody like me. And I consider me and Adele kind of very similar. <laughs> Iman, what? <laughs> what the hell do you be saying? You just say I, stuff. No, I really feel like <laughs> what right, the fuck? If you would talk about the type of girl, it would be me and Adele. Category? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> what the fuck? I really thought I was being authentic when no, I said that. You're being wrong. <laughs> no, I really feel like no. That's me. not right. That's not a accurate. It's not an accurate uh, depiction. I really feel like me and Adele both like sitting down on stools. <laughs> That's all you got? After, yeah, like we both like, all right, <laughs> listen, you all right, she pretty, but, you know. <laughs> <coughs> oh, my God, that was funny. I really thought I was trying to be real there. I did not see that. <laughs> not at all. So you wouldn't. No. Can, you <laughs> You don't see where I was Mm-mm. coming from at all. I see, but I don't. <laughs> I see, but not eye to eye. I feel like we both real practical. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway. 
That's what I was thinking. I'm like, the bottom line is shoot your shot because you be out here thinking because he used to he was dating Naomi Campbell, so you be out here thinking. Were they really dating? Well, we don't know, but he, like the thing is, if Naomi Campbell is, if you're attractive enough for Naomi Campbell to pretend date you, <laughs> then I automatically think yeah. you out my league. His baby mom white though. Really? Yeah. Me and Nadia found her. <laughs> That's no good. Yeah. He's the white man's whore. Hello from the other side. <laughs> wow. So maybe him and Adele are dating. <laughs> yeah. That's how I'm like, you think it's a joke. He but... clapping them cheeks. Stop. She's like, hello. He said, I praise the Lord. In front uh-huh. the Lord. She said, to tell you, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shame, though. She Imagine being her husband, though. It's like, yo. But they divorced. Her ex-husband, though. Like, uh-huh. imagine being her ex-husband, and you like, yo, you go for me to scuff that. That's corny as shit. Like, <laughs> what, what was the vibe the entire time? You fake bitch. What <laughs> 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 that bullshit you was talking? Now you with a rapper? Like, I feel like that's, like, if you, like, how I feel about Skepta, baby mom being white, that's probably how her ex-husband <laughs> feel about her dating him. Like, oh, now you and the cool guys, huh? Okay. You'll be back. Um, all right. So, it's time to move on into the sunken place. And, I don't know, today's sunken place is pretty difficult for us. It like, is difficult. It's one of those things where everyone said, like, a lot of you have said the same thing. Like, this is the person who belongs in a sunken place, and we definitely see where you're coming from, Mm -hmm. but we also might have a different take. So be prepared to be like, what the fuck are you bitches talking about? So maybe we're in a sunken place. (laughs) Maybe we're in a sunken place. Also, be prepared to explain to us some things we may not know, Mm -hmm. because there's a lot going on with this story, and it's hard to, to know. Like, when somebody's not a real celebrity, it's hard to have a paper trail on what they have done. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is just hearsay. And if we don't see it, it's like, w- w- where was that at? Mm-hmm. Make a long story short, um, emo black thought. So if any of you are not on Twitter or have not stumbled upon this account, emo black thought is like an iconic page within the black community. Mm-hmm. Uh, black Twitter. Black Twitter. Mostly black women. Mm-hmm. Um, emo black thought was hilarious, engaged with a lot of celebrities like Ariana Grande, Megan Thee Stallion, uh, Rico Nasty, Lil Nas Kaylani. X, Kaylani, just constantly uh, talking to different celebrities, promoting self-care, um, we've spoke about emo black thought in the past. Mm-hmm. We mentioned it on our second year anniversary episode. Um, that one of the highlights of the, of our like podcast year was having this account follow us mm-hmm. and deem us as a you know like support us. Yeah, follow me. So follow you personally. So it was kind of like a little bit of a. A huge, actually, milestone for us because we were under the idea, like many people, that this was a black woman. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, shouts to this black woman. How I don't know if it's just me, but at some point, I didn't think it was a black woman. So before, so when emo black thought was mad black thought, yeah. I, I like looked at their stuff from a distance but it was just something about that. I was like, I don't want to. I was like, I don't know if I like could engage with this person. Like, I just didn't know. Um, but then I had, um, I think I followed them while they were still mad. Black thought. Yeah, me and then, too. And then they, um, I had finally followed them. I was like, you know, I'll just support, you know, a black yeah. woman. And then, um, 
then that page got hacked and then they made emo black thought and so i had um followed that page mm-hmm. um but because like people were speculating that they were white um and it's just always you know interesting to me especially somebody that like was like i was on so like every social media that was popping i was on it and like it's always been people who have always been like faceless it's always been some a gag yeah it's always, always it's always been a gag with people who have um like have been faceless yeah and like for i was like under the same impression but something inside of me never really thought that this was a black woman mm-hmm. but in the age of people trying to find themselves trying to understand their like um how they want to show up as far as what gender they would like to self-select as, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or what identity they want to be when they show up. I say to myself, like, who knows what stage this person is with their gender identity? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to let it alone. Mm-hmm. But something in my heart said this could be a woman or not. Mm-hmm. Like, I never knew. But I also wasn't paying attention to a lot of the conversations. This was somebody who, if I saw their tweet in the mm-hmm. feed, I saw the tweet in the feed, but I wasn't on their page. I wasn't yeah. DMing. I wasn't doing those things. Mm-hmm. So it was a surprise to everybody recent, last week on National Coming Out Day when uh, a, a black cis queer man uh, came out by the name of Isaiah Hicklin, just a light-skinned, conventionally attractive man and it takes you off guard. Mm-hmm. It takes you off guard because it's like, it's not a black woman. I didn't think you were a frat boy. And that's what he yeah. looks like. You yeah. know, there's literally pictures of him, like, with the white people in American flag shirts and the bamboozles jump out. So mm-hmm. then you hear tell of, you know, all these people um saying that, one, it's not wrong. To, it's never right to say that you're a black woman when you're not because we go through too many things. So a lot of our empathy for each other comes from the shared um, the shared challenges we have. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have those shared challenges in any capacity, in any capacity, you don't need to pretend like you have them. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some talk about this person pretending to give advice on periods. There's some uh, talk about this person pretending, uh, taking money from a uh, GoFundMe. Now, me and Sabrina said, we've never seen this GoFundMe. Yeah, I've never seen I've it. never seen this person ask for money. I've seen this person share GoFundMes, mm-hmm. but I have never seen them ask for money. Yeah. Somebody was saying that they were in a group chat with black women, giving them advice about, like, womanhood and giving advice about... uh. And there was a group chat with, like, photos being taken. And most importantly, what offends me the most, uh, there are so many other black women who are women, queer black women, Mm because that's what this person pretended to be. There are so many other queer black women out here who are really, really fighting to have a voice. And for you to kind of pretend and hide behind that and talk to people as if you're this person and give them advice from that lens that could be very very devastating for a person you gave advice to so you have to be responsible but let's talk about who Isaiah Hicklin is because why I don't think it's okay to hide behind the account I also don't want anyone to hurt themselves Mm -hmm. behind this backlash Mm -hmm. you know what I mean I don't want anyone to feel like they would be better off dead than being themselves because that had to be what he felt like to be to begin with in order to create this profile. So Isaiah Hicklin is 23 years old. Um he is um he lives he's from Texas, so that part was the truth. Yeah, cuz I remember them saying that they were from Texas. We we'll always talk about Texas. 
Everybody finer from Texas. Yep. Yeah, and also they're conventionally attractive. Yes, conventionally attractive and light-skinned. Yeah. So I don't know why. I feel like people, a lot of people was like, please don't let this man slide just because he's conventionally attractive and light-skinned. Also, a lot of people were saying if he really wanted to tell the truth about his identity, why did he sell it to like a you know, magazine, because this story about him, like the, the, who the real, uh, emo black thought is was published in a magazine instead of being like, Hey, this is who I am. Read my story here. I'm not trying to gain anything Mm -hmm. because Isaiah said the whole reason for him, uh, creating this. And I'm, I assume his pronouns are him because that's what the article used. Mm -hmm. But he was saying the reason why he created this whole entire fake identity is because, he wanted to be able to help people without looking like an opportunist. And mm-hmm. by being faceless, by being a woman, by being someone that he wished she was inside, that was easier to do. So nothing seems more opportunistic than taking your story and selling it to a magazine. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. But also, because I know some people do magazine interviews, they don't get paid for it. Well, also, I saw a tweet from Kalani. Let me find it. But let me see. Because Kalani says something. And now that kind of makes me mad because I'm like, well, what if some famous people don't want to interact with me? <laughs> I know. And that's why it's, it is hard. If you decide to be faceless out here, you know, it's just crazy. But anyway, it was a tweet from Kalani, and she was saying that a person came to her to men- to like to talk about coming out clean, but the how they were talking about it was more about how they can launch their own career versus um, not correct their wrongs. Mm-hmm. And everybody was assuming that this person was emo black thought because they had gone back and forth with Kalani so much, something like that. But for me, like, I don't know. The readers, don't ever in your fucking life pretend to be a black woman. Yeah. Because it's, it's hard enough for us. And when we think we have sisterhood and we have to find out that we don't, that's a true betrayal of our trust. But also, I think that the read has to be a little bit towards us. And again, this is the part where you let us know if you're wrong. You can't assume that everybody is who you think they are on the internet. Mm-hmm. Granted, I thought that this person was who they said they were too. Granted, I did. I never saw a picture of them. I, I'm not giving money to nobody. I'm not talking to you if I don't know what you look like. Literally, one of um my followers who I've recently followed back was telling me that they had locks, but I didn't see no picture. I didn't know who I was talking to. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I was talking to a boy or a girl. I, it didn't matter, per se, because were, we were having a conversation about locks, but when they I said, I wish I could see a picture of your hair, mm-hmm. they DM'd me because a lot of people are not comfortable with their picture being online in this day and age. I get it. Like mm-hmm. You need to have some control of your image, yeah. but at the same time, you need to have some control over your trust. Yep. And who You can't just go trusting people left and fucking right. Right. Yeah. Like you just can't. And I don't know. I just I feel a little sorry for this this kid. I do. Yeah, because that is just it it went so far. It went way too far. And I know he probably didn't expect it to go that far, but it just got like out of hand. And with himself being so polar opposite of what he was presenting online, I just feel like if somebody is in a space where not being themselves make them feel better, think about that. Yeah. Like, think about how they must feel about this. And themselves. I know recently they was posting, like, a very, like, like saying post. I, I remember because they didn't, like, come up in my feed that much. But they were saying, like, how they were, like, um, 
like having like bad mental health days and all that stuff like that, which I feel like that could have been real because it could have been, yeah. you know, struggling with like the guilt and like, oh my gosh, I'm about to do this. Like, exactly. This exactly. And then the last question on the account was like, please name a way that I've helped you, negative or positive. Mm-hmm. And everybody was just like sharing all the ways and they were like, it'll make sense soon. And that's what happened. So I don't know. I just feel like it's a lot of harm being done. And that's not the worst thing I've ever seen. But lying and saying you're a black woman definitely does rub me the fucking wrong way. Yeah. Um. The real person I believe should be in the sunken place should be Gina Rodriguez. <laughs> Period. I can't stand that bitch. Like, I, I really cannot stand her. Recently, she went on to say that her, <laughs> that her uh, fucking dad was actually... Afro-Latina. And I've been seeing a huge rise in, like, Latina people saying that... The, Latino people saying that one of their parents... That they're Afro-Latina, but both their parents are fucking not. Yeah. Like, so where where is the fucking Afro coming in? Grandma and grandpa? Where's like, the Negro? Where's the Negro at? Because I don't see it anywhere in sight. I see a person of color wanting to not to have to not have dark skin and not have some some of the same some of the challenges that we have but wanting to fucking say the n-word just want to say nigga that's it so Gina Rodriguez has already had a troubled past with the black community like she's constantly saying shit she's constant she never wants to give us our things like she tried who was it that she tried cut Uh, off a yard yeah, Sh- Shahadi. Yeah, when she said something like, as a black woman, and she's like, no, somebody told her she was an inspirational black woman, black Sh- girls, and she's like, girls, period. And yeah. the person was like, no, black girls, like what I said. But, like, she's, she's just one of those people who, she's a repeat offender. Yeah. So, today on her Instagram story, she said, niggas, give me heebie-jeebies. That was today? Uh, yeah, it was like four hours ago. <laughs> niggas, hating niggas, give me heebie-jeebies. That's what she said. And what I hate most is her apology. I just wanted to reach out and apologize. I am sorry. I'm sorry if I offended anyone by singing along to the Fugees, to a song I love, I grew up on. I love Lauryn Hill, and I'm really sorry if I offended you. Girl, no, you need to be sorry for saying nigger. (laughs) You don't need to be sorry for singing a song that you liked because you could have very well fucking sung the song that you liked without saying a goddamn word. It's like a dumbass. You you don't know what you did. (laughs) You know what you did. But my thing is, maybe she isn't acting like a dumbass. Maybe she is. I think she absolutely is a dumbass. You know what? She should have never stopped. Saying like she should just stay on the set of uh, Jane the Virgin. Yeah, she should just stay. You know what's crazy? That used to be my. I used. I was rocking out with Jane the Virgin hard. Like I I was watching it. But you know what? I can't watch it no more because I keep looking at her stupid, confused, dumbass face and knowing that if I was ever around this woman, I would fuck her up. So I'm like, no, I can't. (laughs) I really can't stand people who do things and then really, you know what you did. You 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 plan to say it. You plan she said, to say it. Niggas. <laughs> she said skirt skirt or nigga. Niggas give me heebie G. You knew the part. That's your favorite song. You knew that yeah, part was coming. Yeah, you knew it was coming. And you knew and your you lips knew, was going to flat. And you knew you were on camera. And you decided to say it because you wanted people to be. And she was oh, don't get me wrong. I Now I can't say it, bitch. You never could say it. And you never can. So I'm like, uh. 
if I ever make it, please, God, protect me from dummies like that because I really don't want to be in the same space with somebody who could make me put my hands on them. I'm trying to be different. I'm trying to be saved. I don't need that. Ooh, la, la, la. So, <laughs> Yo, okay. So, moving on out. <laughs> moving on in the common senses. Yes. Common. 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 <laughs> Sense. Sis, 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 sis. Remember the lion story? Between the lions or something yeah, like that? Yeah, the lions. <laughs> yeah, you know what's crazy? I, never mind. I'm not even going to tell you what that is. But um, the, between the lions, it used to be like, uh, like a little segment or something where they would do something like that. It was like an echo. I don't know if I remember that. Wow. Okay, cool. But well, I remember <laughs> between the lions, though. They had all those segments. Yo, that that uh theme song snapped though, snapped though. Do you remember it? Between the lions is like come on, come in, and they were like puppets, and they were lions, which mean they all were Leos. Okay. Um. So, um, for this week on Common Sense, sis, we're kind of talking about what to do when life isn't fun or adventurous yeah those moments of life just that day to day nothing exciting is happening mm-hmm. you don't have a crush like you don't have a trip planned mm-hmm. nothing is happening because yeah, i just went on my last vacation nothing is happening there are no holidays it's just every day well lucky for me there's holidays coming <laughs> well if you're sabrina but i'm talking about like just moments where it's like for me i'm going through this right now yeah Nothing. There's nothing happening. Mm-hmm. Everything's calm. Nothing's wrong, but mm-hmm. nothing's exceptionally right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and everything's just real normal. No opportunities in sight. Nothing in sight. No relationships, no prospects in sight. Like, nothing is happening. And I should really feel blessed because while there's no excitement, nothing is going terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. Nobody's sick. I'm not sick. And that's what knock on wood and pray that it's the same that that stays the same nothing's broken mm-hmm. but i'm just in this lull and historically when this happens i try to spice it up myself by doing something toxic mm-hmm. or something uh that's not necessarily the best i go find somebody to date mm-hmm. i go download tinder and be like fuck it i'm bored like let me go find somebody to just go out on a date with mm-hmm. or i find a job that i don't need and just takes my attention away from my side projects and I'm at this phase in my life where I'm tired of repeating and I'm ready to evolve. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do the same thing. And I'm starting to learn to just ride it the fuck out. Mm -hmm. Like when I'm feeling like this and I'm bored, it's a moment of healing. So it's not, it's not going to be like this forever. Like I know I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop and for some bullshit to come up. And if I don't use this time of like lull and nothingness, to actually build myself up, I won't be I won't be prepared the next time you know something some bullshit comes up. You know what I mean? Yep. Because this this time should be used for preparation, for restoring, um, for um learning. Yeah. Um, for healing. Well, that's under like restoring. Yeah. But I feel like like me, um, now I'm trying not to. Be on social media as much, um, I, cause I know for me, I can get, like, I could just fall into a rabbit hole. Yeah. Uh, 
And as of recently, I've been taking a lot of stuff personally. I don't know what's going on with me. I think it's because I was so numb from, like, my antidepressants I was taking for, like, the past two years. And now I'm starting to feel stuff that I wasn't feeling before. So I'm not going to lie. I am taking some stuff personally. And I need to work on that um, because I don't want to make things that, um, you know, other people are just living. And sometimes I feel like that's an attack. So um, I I got a bunch of I got a new um, new uh, manga. So I'm going to start reading. I have a bunch of books. I like maybe I should go to the comic book store tomorrow. That's like one of my happy places. I love mm-hmm. going to the comic book store. Um, I need to get back into reading comics. I need to get back into writing. I need to pay off my credit card bills. I need to decide where I want to move next year. I need to, like, it's a bunch of things I need to do to prepare myself and get in preparation for my future and what I want to do um, and realize that I am holding myself back. Yeah. And and be honest with myself. That's And that's so real. Like, I feel like I'm afraid of complacency, so I try to avoid it. I try to be hyper-productive. And that doesn't lead to, um, I, I burn out. Like, I burn out, and then I get angry at other people for not understanding me, for putting myself in situations. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I need to learn to be bored and not try to overcompensate. Like, like kind of learn to not be bored or overwhelmed. Just kind of sit right in the middle. And, like, even as I'm talking about that, that makes my heart race because I really don't know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. I think the last time I knew what that looked like was when I was a child and my mom was managing my schedule for me. So I just feel like that's one adult thing I haven't learned yet, yeah. how to not overwhelm myself, how to move forward without, like, going crazy. And I just want to get – I want to act – I want to get back to my life as a teenager in high school. You know what I mean? Like, I was – I had such – I was so regimented, like, with my schedule. And my expectations weren't so as – from what I can remember – they weren't as crazy. I can have moments without having a man in my life or a boy in my life at that time and not feel like I was doing anything wrong. Like, I would go to bed every night without a boyfriend or anybody to talk to, and I felt perfectly fine. And now, as an adult, for some reason, because I've gotten myself so used to having somebody to FaceTime, having a boo to do this with and a boo to do that with, now that I don't have anybody, I feel like I should be putting myself in a position to find someone and while there's nothing wrong with that just because you put yourself in a space don't mean it's your time to connect with someone Mm -hmm. so like focus on yourself in the meantime Mm -hmm. so that you can you know show up when I was a kid I used to like lay across the bed go in the backyard and just read a book Mm -hmm. front to back become addicted to that book I would watch a I remember movie. you read the Hunger Games. Yeah, I would watch the Red... I, but it's just... I'm thinking about all the books that I would read when I was a kid, like um, TTYL, like these books about like the Holocaust, the Anne Frank Diary, The Color Purple. Like, I was a, re- a rapid reader, and now I can't even read a book without picking up my phone. And I'm like, why am I this per? This isn't who I used to be. I remember going to Target with my mom every Sunday, and getting my stuff for self-care being like okay it's sunday let me get a new one new nail polish 
Let me get one new book. Let me get one new DVD. Let me get a magazine. And I would cut things out of the magazine and pay, like scrapbooking almost. And I can remember just being able to be consumed by that for hours. And now I just can't even sit in the same spot and be productive anymore. This phone is frying my brain. That's how I feel too. And also like my, when I was going to therapy the first time, I had cracked because I was so used to, I've been working since I was 16, just like Iman, and I'm so used to, I, I did every every extracurricular activity you can think of in high school, I did, um, except for sports, <laughs> but I mm-hmm. did extracurricular activities, I did extracurricular activities in college, I worked, I went to school full-time, and I worked, um, and I interned, Um and then when I got out of college, I had nothing. And I was so used to somebody telling me, you, you're you here at this time. You do this at this time. You're doing this, this, this. And when I got out of college, I had none of that because I didn't have any job prospect. Mm-hmm. I was too proud to, you know, go back to retail. Um, and I just was like, I, I cracked because I had no, I felt like I had no regiment. I had no schedule. And my therapist was telling me that, you need to make your own schedule. You have to value the stuff that you do. Because even though you're not getting praise for it or you're not getting an instant result, it's still something productive. And you have to value. When, you're, when you value the things that you do without somebody telling you to do, that's like a reflection of how you feel about yourself. Ooh. Like you're valuing yourself. You're valuing your time. Because you might not, when you're doing stuff on your own and you're in charge of, you know, your schedule, it's not going to be an instant result, you know, always. But if you keep on building up those habits, you'll have an end result. That's, yeah, that's crazy because I'm I'm feeling that way. Like, I'm feeling like uh, I'm, I'm being a loser a little bit for just kind of coming home. And when I come home, I clean up. And I cook dinner and I go to bed and I feel good in the morning. And then, like, that was hard for me, like, the week before last. Like, just coming home and doing adult things like food shopping and watching TV. And, like, I, that felt real lame to me. Then last week it felt a little bit better. Then going into this week I feel a little bit better. So it's like I have to practice being a normal human again. Like, mm-hmm. I even had to normalize cooking for myself because this mm-hmm. order in Uber Eats atmosphere has got us feeling like we don't have time to cook dinner for ourselves Mm -hmm. we don't have time to go to the gym we don't have time but in reality if you lower your screen time down you'll be surprised how much time you have to do things Mm -hmm. and like i have been getting alerts from apple saying that my screen time is down by this percent yeah when i was in the hospital mine was only five hours i was only on hold for five hours yeah so it's like it really that makes me feel better um, and kind of like my girlfriend, like she's she's working on she's cooking up a brand right now. So I don't want to give away too much of what she's working on. But her advice is just kind of be be present in every moment. Like don't don't take for granted moments of just linear moments, you know, where things are going up or down. Like don't take that for granted because that moment is teaching you something mm-hmm. like just be present. And be show up as your authentic self. Don't feel like when you are going linear because you see somebody on social media who's having a spurt of growth, then now you aren't you aren't doing good. 
Because mm-hmm. if you were supposed to be there, you would be there. Mm-hmm. And when you're up, somebody else is going to be linear. When mm-hmm. you're down, somebody else is going to be linear. Mm-hmm. So it's just like kind of respect being linear and, and heal. Heal in that time. And if you think you don't have anything to heal through, that's wrong in itself. Like for me, a big theme in my life has been discipline and validation. You know, being disciplined enough to not do anything crazy when I'm feeling bored. Because that's literally how I've been for a very long time. Mm-hmm. If I'm crazy. I'm like, oh, well, let's get a person in. Let's, do, <laughs> let's go, go sleep with this person. I'm bored. Let's go start this up. I'm bored. Let's go spend some money. I'm bored. Mm-hmm. Let's go cut this hair. I'm bored. <laughs> and, like, that's historically the type of person I am. And I have to be disciplined enough to see it fucking not lead to anything productive mm-hmm. for years to say I'm not going to go into my 30s with this habit yeah I will not do that mm-hmm. and then you have to have this validation so that while you have nothing going on make sure you're loving yourself make sure you're saying damn I look good make sure you're going to that gym make sure you're building yourself up and being the cake and the frosting I actually just read this amazing social media post about how this woman I have to find her name she sent uh she got she took a really sexy picture, okay? So she took a photo with a savage uh, lingerie on and sent it to her, the person she was dating at the time. And her name is Asayami underscore gold, A-S-I-Y-A-M-I underscore G-O-L-D on Instagram. But she took the sexy picture. She sent it to her, her boo, and their boo didn't respond. And she felt like shit afterwards. But she recovered and realized, like, yo, this is a bomb-ass picture. I look good as shit. Why am I waiting for somebody to tell me that I look good? I have to be the cake, the frosting, and let other people's validation just be a cherry on top, if, mm-hmm. if that. But I don't have to sit around and wait for people to make me feel good about myself. Because a lot of times you already know. That's why it's so confusing when you don't get validation. So in this time where I don't have anybody in my life, I need to work on myself so that someone else's commentary can't make or break me. I need to make sure that I'm like my foundation is strong and utilize this boring ass moment in my life right now. Focus on this podcast. Focus on the people who dedicate themselves once a week, who actually give a shit to what I like, who care about what I have to say. Like that is what I need to focus on. I don't need to be focusing on what I don't have right now. Exactly. Cause like it's a shame because I mean, even though I, when I was on vacation, I had redownloaded Tinder cause I was being newsy cause I went to see what, people look like but I deleted it like before I got on the plane I was like when I had first deleted it before I had like went to the hospital it's weird because I literally was tweaking yeah me too like, like what's I, going on you, yeah, it's just what I, you I do felt, when you bored you swipe yeah and I felt crazy because I'm like I'm not getting no attention right now like I just felt I literally felt like I was like detoxing and I'm like is this what life has become for me <laughs> that's fucking spooky yeah you like bro this sucks yeah, like, I really was tweaking. No, I feel you. I really do feel you. I be tweaking for attention sometimes, too. But it's crazy because when you don't post, post a bomb picture in a while and you have you don't got them hard eye emojis in the DMs, you start being like, damn, am I cute? Yeah. It's like, how is it that your confidence can go up and down like that? That's unhealthy. That's it unhealthy. Is, it I need, is unhealthy. And also, just the relationship that I have with social media and how I watch people glow up, I got to remember they use my same strategy, which is they only post what's popping for them. That's it. Yeah, and sometimes in my mind, I think, 
everything's going great. Yeah. Because I don't mind. Like, I post the shit that's not great. Yeah. But everybody not like that. No, and I don't, and I, but to be honest with you, I only post the things that aren't great once I've gone through it. Yeah. Like, if I, like, I didn't tell people about my moment of being unemployed until it was over. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't tell people about. also, you was, like, fake unemployed. I was unemployed. I didn't have a full-time job. (laughs) I was unemployed. That's so funny. And the situation was very fucking messy. It was. It was, it was messy. I went into, I started a week thinking I would have a full-time job until I decided not to, and then I was ended the week without a fucking job and no direction and blonde hair so it was like crazy to like just think that all that shit went down like that but i'm like yo i'm gonna tell people this because it's very important that people don't rely on their job but i'm not in a position to talk until i get a new job i'm stressed like shit right now yeah so i gotta tell i gotta focus on myself and once the lesson is learned then i'm willing to share it but honestly i don't want nobody talking to me in the middle of a lesson like learn it then come back like let let's Let's start there. Don't be so thirsty to share your experience that you can't give me a full circle analysis. Yeah. Shit, you may not be done learning your lesson. You could have some more to like tell me at some point. That's how I feel because I'm for real, for real, not even done learning my lesson. Yeah, and it's like it'll come. You'll know when it's full circle. Mm-hmm. Like you'll know. Um, also, circles have been a really big theme in my life recently. Um, it's weird. Like at my job, we sit in circles all the time mm-hmm. because it's about like evenness mm-hmm. and a lot of situations have been coming full circle and I've been able to feel when it's like complete, when the cycle is complete. Um, just circles have been really, really big and I like what they represent. The evenness, the unity, unity, no hierarchy involved, especially I love it when I sit in the circles with my students. Mm-hmm. And just letting them know that, like, I'm equal to them. So it's been a real touchy-feely, like, symbolic moment in my life. May not have been the most exciting because I'm not dating, but I need to look at what I'm going through as exciting. Mm-hmm. This moment of unknowingness, what am I going to learn from this moment? What am I going to learn from this step back? That should be more exciting to me than any Tinder date ever. <laughs> that should be more exciting to me than any nigga that ain't shit and I know it and my life that should just be more exciting and I have to do some unlearning and relearning the worst thing is I fucking know this but my but sometimes my energy don't match what I know and mm-hmm. I hate that I really do hate same fucking hate that it's like so hard to like understand and just like to go back to that dating thing why do we feel like if we're not dating we're not doing anything that is insane. We consistently, with an exception of the last two weeks, come into the studio every week on our work nights, and we don't get in the bed until 12 and 1 o'clock. Why the fuck do we think we're not doing anything because we're not dating? It just goes to show you, as woke as we are, we still could be victim to, like, the... Boot clownery. <laughs> Listen. I look like a clown. <laughs> oh, just forget it. <laughs> That's my favorite video. I look like a clown. Planners. Just forget it. But yeah, that's it. I'm. I, we just got to enjoy this nothingness without it feeling like numbness. Mm-hmm. It feels like something. And like, shout out to my friend, Chris. When she told me, she said, lean into your pain. Ooh, and wow. every time I feel like so, so hurt, I just repeat that in my head. Like, Lean into my pain. Lean into my pain. I'm leaning into it. Then it's, it's, it'll it'll pass. And, like, just speaking to that, when I had a family member pass away, I felt it. Like, I 
felt it. I cried a lot. Mm-hmm. I w- went to the gym. I felt it. And, you know, we're about to hit two years. Wow, I can't believe it. Since that happened. And I feel like I am at a good space with this yeah. natural thing that happened. Yeah. Yes. And there are some people in my family who didn't mourn and the demons that they're battling because they can't feel, they can't deal with mm-hmm. feeling. It is insane. Yeah. So, yeah, you lean into your pain because it don't go away. It's mm-hmm. just an, an invisible burden. You really bag lady for real. Yeah. You're going to hurt your bag. That's true because that's what happened to me. You, yeah, yeah, you was bag lady. But the yeah. bags, everybody think that a baggage looks and feels like it's present all the time. Yeah. Baggage just be showing up once one bad thing happened. Mm-hmm. And then every all them bags is just triggered. You got a book bag, a duffel bag, a pocketbook. You weight down. Mm-hmm. Just deal with that shit. Deal with it. Feel it out. Go to the gym. Because that's the only thing that calms my anxious ass down. Not, I, well, that Hennessy, but Hennessy obviously isn't the best coping <laughs> mechanism. So, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was doing it. I was drinking every night. But, like, real chill. But still, I I never used to drink. I'm The next thing you know, I got tequila every night to go to sleep a little bit. Like, come on. That's not okay. Yeah. That's not it. <laughs> that ain't it. <laughs> Especially, I be, oh, I went to the gym so I could just have a drink. Like, no. Oh, I work. So, Mm-mm. you know what? It's time to go to bed for us. Yes. But it was great talking to you guys again. Thank you so much for understanding, y'all. Yes. So much love and um, was shown, with an exception of Rex. But <laughs> um, Rex did actually give me a teddy bear Rex. So, I really do appreciate that. That made my heart smile. Oh. I can't believe somebody so mean could do something so nice. <laughs> I am truly shook. But, um, yeah, shouts to you guys. Um, if you haven't already, could you please leave us a rating, um, a, a five-star rating and a review mm-hmm. on Apple Podcasts. A lot of you guys have been doing it already. Every time we read it, like, it's like, whoa, wow, this is what you think. You think we're smart? That's crazy. <laughs> I don't know what we said to make you think we're smart, but shouts to y'all. Mm-hmm. Also, make sure you follow us on Black Girl, at Black Girl Brunch. Um, on Instagram, BLK Girl Brunch on Twitter. You can follow me at Tag on Instagram and It's Mate on Twitter. It's Sabria. At um, It's Frankenfem on Instagram and Frankenfem underscore on Twitter. Wow. I don't know. I was kind of rusty at that because I haven't done it in two weeks. Like, I know. Wow. But yeah, you guys have a good week. Bye. Peace.